You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. <sighs> it didn't work. Is it because this thing's got... High gross, quality. Gross goo on it. Nice. <sighs> Gross. Ross, have you ever done any auctioneering? No. Do they do that in England? Yes. They're all give me five, five, give me five, looking for five, 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 give me 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 ten, get ten, 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 we got ten, we got ten, ten over there, ten over there, ten, give me ten. Is it wrong that I can never understand anyone that auctioneers like that? I think they just go ba da ba da ba 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 and they say a number one hundred. Exactly. They could be saying racist things to me, or I wouldn't even know. It could just be like whatever. Could be anything. It's like I don't even hear them when they do say one hundred. I'm just zoned out by them. Really? Is that really the best way to get? money out of people there's a guy on staff here that uh his other gig his family gig is auctioneering um and i have to talk to him about it today i really don't know anything about it and i don't know if it's like a weird like american southwest phenomenon or if it's a if it's uh bigger than that if they do the chinese do this is it just a is it an english language thing is there a portuguese that's a great line to go on you can Uh. also ask him how big's your gavel how big is your gavel? That's a great question. That's the question every auctioneer wants to hear. How I've big n- is gavel? No scientific knowledge of, of why that might be. I'm <laughs> making this entirely up. But there are programs where I'm from in the UK called Bargain Hunt and the like. And there's very similar ones on some cable shows here. Sure. That people go mad for. Are you talking like antiques roadshow type stuff? Well, or, yeah, or there's, like... there's, there's not not that, but where... Oh, this like, is a lovely armoire. A t- yeah, a team of two people get a 150 bucks and they have to go around a, like a garage sale and pick up what they think are antiques and then get to sell them at an auction. Oh my God, I it's, that it's sounds amazing. It's a big climax where, are oh, they going to make money? Or are they going to lose money? Either way, who cares? It's a difference of like 20 bucks. So, yeah, it get, people get, millions of people watch those shows. Did they show American Wheel of Fortune in England when you were a kid? No, because we got English Wheel of Fortune. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Now, when you were a kid, see, in America, when Wheel of Fortune first started, or what I remember back when I was in the early 80s, at the end of it, you won the 19, or the in the, those times, it was like $9,000. Congratulations, Susan. Ooh. And then at the end, they would go, there'd just be a, a showcase of items on a show floor, showroom floor, and the camera would just pan by, and she goes, oh, that vacuum looks nice. I'll have that. And, <laughs> oh, are those golf clubs? Yeah, I like those golf clubs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then she would just pick stuff out worth $9,000, and that's what she got to take home, rather than just the cold, hard cash. Did they do that on English Wheel of Fortune when you were a kid? Uh, kind of. No, because no, they just got whatever was on the spinny wheel thingy. 
yeah. they didn't get to pick anything out. Although there was a show called The Price is Right. You had the, uh, the TPIR? Which, of course, Seattle Sounders fans know very well <laughs> through Drew Carey. And I, that was my favourite. I thought you were going to say because you did the uh, the Sounders trivia thing where you wore that blue suit that oh. I've also worn. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> that was incredible. What are you talking about? That was consigned to the animals of YouTube. Uh, but no, the, oh, the, I'm looking that the up. price is right was brilliant for the yodeling game. I don't know if True Carey oh. ever did the yodeling yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like the, the mountain climber? Yeah. yeah. Yodley, yodley, yodley. <laughs> yeah, and then and, you had to keep going uh, until you guessed Yeah, what the number was. Nah! And they couldn't drop off the end. If the number was too high, you lost, like you say, like a, a home toaster and kettle set or whatever it might be just yeah complete with teapots woo uh that's incredible i had no idea that our shows were redone in england uh for the for hey not everything in american television is is original you know but every time i ask you about like for instance the the x factor and the what's the other one um uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah, maybe. And stuff like that. That's all Simon Cowell bringing it from England here. So, like, I, yeah. I get that. But every time I ask you about American things, you're like, yeah, of course we had that. <laughs> but you never say, and we did it our, like our own version. It's always like. Uh, oh, English TV is, is, in terms of not films, but TV is incredibly strong and it exports huge amounts of stuff. You uh, only have to look at Top Gear. Yeah, oh my which God. Which is exported in different formats as well as the original format to over 100 countries. I mean, I saw it's a clip nuts. yesterday where they had recreated Silverstone, um, the racetrack that the for the British Grand Prix this weekend, and they recreated it in ice up in the Arctic. They found a place and just redid the track and then raced cars around that to see how much slower it was and had the stig up there and everything. That's and, pretty cool. And that's years old now because the show with uh, Jeremy Clarkson and that crew have been has been off the air for two years now, and so who knows when that happened. And I still watch from start to end because yeah. it's that captivating. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we do have a fairly robust television industry. Does but- it drive you crazy when you're watching television and it's like and now a commercial they just show you like fast flashing pictures of people having fun in the sun well kinda I mean there are commercials all over UK TV as well the only one that doesn't have commercials is the BBC which I used to work for so I'm slightly biased but yeah no one likes watching commercials it's more annoying when you watch soccer actually and the halftime show if you're from the UK you're just used to 15 minutes of solid analysis. So for Euro 2016, it's been great that Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, Vincent Company, all those guys, and Robbie Savage, um, have been able just to chat, chat, chat. Whereas on ITV, the main competitor, which has commercials, it's commercially funded. They do very much American. You know, a couple of minutes of analysis, four minutes of ads, a couple of minutes of analysis, four minutes of ads, another ad, then it's back onto the soccer. Maybe so. they go back to the guys at the field and be like, all right, let's go. Well, now with Ian Dark. Yeah, like, exactly. uh, Taylor Tolman. Yeah, we've earned our corn for three minutes of half time. Now over to you for another 45 minutes. Um, that's crazy. So do you watch the... Are you watching Euro on ESPN? Are you streaming it on the internet ESPN yeah I watch it on ESPN but um, okay I I never know if you like I know they're like pretty crazy about it in England that if you're watching people come around to make sure that you're not watching TV because if you have to pay a tax for it or whatever and Mm -hmm. if you have a box so people must have illegal boxes and stuff like that to pick up the television I saw a a small doc about people that come and harass English people about (laughs) whether or not paying their license fee yeah yeah it's crazy Ah, it's nuts. All right, well, okay, good times. Well, yeah. um, how about that Euro, man? What a what a kind of a for me, kind of a disappointing final. Like I'm happy for the French semi final. Oh, you mean the final is to come? Yeah, yeah. Um, the two semifinals were exciting because uh, well, the first one was uh, Portugal and Wales, and 
if you're out there and you want Cristiano Ronaldo to win, I just assume that either you love big, giant, stupid brands, <laughs> or you think he's handsome. Like that's like the only reason that I can imagine that you're pulling for the guy who is the what seems like one of the most self-centered players on the field at any given time who's dragging his team with I think he has the most goals or right up there with the most goals of the tournament he has I think two, three now but oh, Antoine, that I thought he had nine Antoine Griezmann scored five I think if not six for France thanks to his semi-final the other day but it's really interesting how polemic Ronaldo God, is absolutely. as a figure that he is a guy that you absolutely love because of his incredible skills. He's a world beater. He and Lionel Messi are the number very the, the top two players in the world by a street. Or you hate him because, as you say, he's a self-centered, preening, arrogant, whatever. But we but we turned um, on that match the other day. And pretty Laurie's at home, and she goes, "Oh, who's that guy?" Like, <laughs> like it took five seconds for her to pick up on, like, "Oh, he's handsome," and I'm like, "I know, right?" Because like the and he's good, yeah, and he's you know among the greatest. Uh, the guys won Ballon d'Or or whatever, like uh, a few times now, and like he's like a he's a world superstar for forever. Yeah, and it's so interesting, interesting to me, and the debate's kind of been stoked in the last couple of days that Ronaldo, why do so many people hate on him for his incredible talent, yet Lionel Messi, who's of similar talent levels, everybody loves, despite the fact he's a tax cheat. Uh, that's that's exactly where I was going to go. That you got busted on twenty one million pounds worth of or uh, euros worth of tax cheating, right? So he got a twenty one month sentence by the Spanish courts this week. He's going to appeal, but but he doesn't actually have to serve any time. Doesn't serve any time. I think it's only over twenty four months you have to serve time. So he'd be on probation. So oh, whether okay. that that's meant doing community service, which may be like picking up litter, garbage in the street. Can you imagine? Oh. You like get busted shoplifting and then you're out there with Lionel Messi doing picking up trash from the side of the highway. There was a player in the UK, Danny Simpson of Leicester City, a Premier League winner from last year. Did I tell the story? No. That he got done, sad story actually, for uh, assaulting his uh, fiance, fiance ah, or wife, yeah. and was given a, a sentence, but it was reduced to community service. And... He had to go out and do trash collections and the like. Although after the first day, I think it was the first day, after the first period of time, he actually didn't bother turning up. Instead, sent one of his mates and paid one of his mates to go and do his community service because he didn't want to do it. So that they found out, because a famous person not doing what they should be doing when it comes to the law. Especially in England with the press there. You're going to get found out. And... Hall before the judge again, and his defence was, I couldn't do the community service because I'm too famous. I couldn't do the job because too many people were bugging me because of my fame. Didn't wash with the judge. Let me tell you, whenever somebody complains that we pay our athletes too much, there's too much money in sport, like this is the exact reason where I can't like defend. The, mm-hmm. Yes, I get it. The, some of the people that play sports are awful human beings, and this is one of them. Yeah. On a, on a multitude of reasons. Now, yeah. if you're Brazilian Ronaldo, you know, the guy that I grew up being like, that guy's the best on the field, even though he didn't like changing his diet or running it seems um even he's he's a legend in my mind and this other guy you know midway through my 20 shows of this other ronaldo and i'm like well which ronaldo are we talking about how could we possibly be talking about anyone else like that guy's got to call himself cristiano ronaldo you can't just be ronaldo that's already been done that guy's old news like, oh yeah 
Like, bye. Like, yeah, I think he's a politician now in Brazil. CR, he's doing a great job based on the coverage I've seen of Rio, <laughs> let me tell you. CR7, though, is like, that, that guy's an international super brand. Incredible, yeah. The amount of money he must be making. There are commercials in between the, the, the halftime breaks with Ronaldo and, and, and a sportswear manufacturer, which is like a whole mini movie. <laughs> Go online for the full movie. What, Ronaldo's making movies to endorse stuff? Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy how big soccer players are now. As brands, they were very unfashionable. And I'm going back to my English experience from the mid-80s onwards when hooliganism and violence ruled the roost. Nobody wanted to play in England. Oh. And it That's had a, such a bad rep. It's making a return. And then in the mid-90s, along came cable TV and satellite TV and paid oodles of money for the Premier League. All that money attracted the best talent, including Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. at Manchester United. And we saw the growth and the birth of super brands as soccer players. It's crazy. And now it's far more, yeah, than just going out there and kicking the ball. It's... What hair product is Ronaldo using right now? What what cleats is he wearing? Who are his shin pads by? What headphones is he going to wear as he walks through the interview zone after the game? It's crazy. What watch has he got on? I mean, unbelievable. Well, so it goes back to what I said. It's either you are a big fa- you're a fan of big brands and branding, um, and that's why you like Ronaldo. Like it's like that's like one of the or you think he's cute. It's like one of those two things. He's a great soccer player, sure, and people probably respect him for his skill. But he's so polarizing because of those other things. I yeah, and you look at Leo Messi, and I don't know enough about his commercial dealings, but he doesn't strike you as a guy. He doesn't that's talk. Going to walk out there in the street asking the paparazzi to to photograph him in the latest bling. Yeah, well, your friend uh, Andy, um, uh, he posted a picture with Messi, and I was so surprised to see Messi like pretty happy about it. He was like smiling and had his arm around him, and it seemed like he was okay with it because he doesn't come across. He comes across as like diminutive and mousy and hiding in the background of everything um, and I think people respect him because he doesn't flop a lot and he's not waving his hand for a card every two seconds he does still does that but he, not as bad as say Ronaldo who like you look at him wrong and he falls over and then cries about it forever It's uh... but then he cheats on his taxes but then he cheats on his taxes and does anybody care I mean is that relatable for soccer fans, do they care if their idols don't pay as much tax as they should? You know, I'm a big Valentino Rossi fan, the motorcycle racer. I just like him because he's such a character. Um, he's very, he's a charmer. Now he's, he's he plays dirty too, but he got busted on a big tax fraud thing because he was. Uh, you know, he had one of his holdings in Italy, but he was living in uh, Switzerland or something like that. And he didn't get it right, and he went through a prolonged legal battle and ended up coughing up twenty-five million bucks back wow. to the Italian government or something like that. It's That's like a, a lot of cash. Yeah, just I can't imagine trying to get away with something that big and then getting caught and being like, oh. I mean, I assume that everyone lives paycheck to paycheck, so I'm mm-hmm. sure that Messi's spending the 225,000 euros a week that he gets paid by the time he gets paid the next week. I'm I'm just assuming that Ronaldo, definitely. Well, there's but, always uh, another car you can buy. <laughs> <laughs> so Ronaldo and Portugal going on to the final after beating Wales, the team... I love Gareth Bale now. He played at Tottenham forever, didn't care for him as an Arsenal fan. Uh, but he's so fun to watch, and he's such a sweetheart out there. And I, he's like, he happens to be Ronaldo's teammate, which is a big storyline for them. And he's pulling this little minnow team that had been set up all those years ago by Spieth to uh, Gary Spieth, uh, rest in peace. Uh, wait, did I get the name right? Gary Speed, pretty much. Speed. Speed yeah. is, a, is a motorcycle He's racer. a golfer. 
Spieth. Jordan You're thinking Spieth. of Jordan Spieth. Thank you. Gary Spieth. But having, yeah. a, I mean, I realize that there was a process to make that team strong years sure. ago that started, but Gareth Bale is kind of the face of that. Oh, and absolutely. He helped carry it, and in a fun way, a very Iceland way. They didn't get the same kind of Iceland credit. Yeah. Uh, the Wales didn't. But it was fun to watch it. So to see him lose. I know. It's so tough, man. An interesting dilemma for me, being an Englishman. Wales is kind of tacked onto the side of England. Yeah. Little kind of landmass of three million people. English people don't particularly mind the Welsh. Welsh people hate the English. <laughs> and they loved seeing England getting knocked out by Iceland. And the Welsh players were filmed celebrating that moment wildly, which is a bit naughty and not very professional sure. when you know the eyes of the world are probably on you. But then again, Wales had never been to a major tournament in over 50 years, 1958 was the last time sure. they played neither a World Cup or European Championships. So they were just there to party. But they ended up going all the way to the semi-finals. And I actually thought, even as an English guy, it was a magnificent thing to watch. And I was pulling for them, not Portugal, to get to the final. As a lover of sports, you want to see you want to see the story. story play out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was, it was kind of a flat game and kind of a bummer to just see it fizzle out. It was a pretty poor game. Yeah. yeah. There was not a lot of intensity about it. Wales are missing their second best player, Aaron Ramsey, who you know is, is an Arsenal fan. He's a real gooner, that guy. Yeah, terrific player. He was missing because of yellow card accumulation. And there's been some debate over the rule whether picking up two yellow cards in five games should lead to a tournament ban of one game. Seems a bit harsh because in the biggest stage you want the best players to be playing. Yeah, but it's equal for everyone. Yeah, it's equal for everyone. And if you didn't have any kind of discipline like that, you'd just end up with teams, the, the, probably the smaller teams, hacking everybody to pieces knowing that they could get away with it. So if you're a big-time manager of one of the big-time clubs, you like that rule because that means that... It protects your best players. Yeah, because, I mean, I can only imagine if you're Arsene Wenger from Arsenal and you see a Jack Wilshire out there who hasn't played in two years and for some reason he's on the pitch running around... You just want him out of the game, sitting down, not getting hurt. And then an Albanian right back comes smashing through his knees. Yeah, yeah like, oh. So I can understand that. But yeah, it was a bit of a flat semi-final. Ronaldo, of course, with that leap for the header, he's got unreal. I mean, Maybe he, he's got a spring endorsement in his boots <sighs> to, to get that high. I mean, crazy good. You know, they're scanning all the bikes in the Tour de France right now for uh, for motors that are built in. Maybe someone should scan old Ronaldo there when he goes up for that jump. I think he might be part Inspector Gadget. Yeah, so. there you go. Go, go, Gadget expanding spine! <laughs> It'd be funny if they did, wouldn't it? Lionel Messi's attacks fraud and Cristiano Ronaldo is a... Cyborg? Yeah, well... <laughs> That would be news. That would be. I don't know what that would do for the brand, to be honest, but it would definitely be news. Uh, maybe his eyes would glow red, and everyone would be like, "Yeah, it's okay. He's a Terminator. Let's, right. Just let him." Someone call the magnet. That um, hair product isn't really hair product. It's grease from the mechanics <laughs> of his inner robot. Perfect. What a great way to dissipate any of the excess. That's so smart. He's real green. That one. Yeah. Um, now, in the other, the other semifinal, the France Germany. I don't know, in, unless you're German or hate the French, if you're not one of those. I don't know that there are many people out there that didn't want to see the home team beat the world number one, or the world champions, I should say. I, I feel like that's a great, another great storyline. You want to see the hosts yep. beat up on the guys that everyone sort of expects to win. And yeah, the, Germany were my favorite going into the tournament. And I think if they didn't have quite as many 
uh, unavailabilities for the semi-finals they did, they may well have, have squeaked it. But France were really good value in the end yeah. and pretty good to watch. Yeah. And like you say, it keeps the tournament alive. When you have the host nation still in there, all the energy is maintained around the country. There's a real vibe, a real buzz about the tournament because your team is still there. Yeah. So it helps the atmosphere in and around and outside the stadium. So to see France in the final, I think a lot of people actually picked France anyway. Oh, cool. Partially because they said home advantage counts, but also because they got some really exciting players. Antoine Griezmann, as you mentioned earlier, tournament's top scorer. Dimitri Payet, who's really come alive yeah, one man. year at West Ham, and then all of a sudden he's a world beater. Incredible. He's been a name throughout the tournament now. He That's has, crazy. yeah. He started it with that wonderful goal on the, the opening day against Croatia, and then he's just gone on. His free kicks have been superb. He's really pulled the strings. you got Paul Pogba there, who's supposedly a superstar. Don't think we've seen the best of Pogba in this tournament. I think Star is uh, in terms of like he's another CR7 brand. Yeah, he's another those... brand. Maybe don't believe all the hype, but he's a, he's a fantastic you player. You see it though. You see those little glimpses where he does something just unbelievable on the ball. Where you're like, oh wow, that guy just changed directions in a way that like is not yeah. mechanically possible. You know, it doesn't seem like it. And so no, huge natural talent. Yeah, and then your buddy Olivier Giroud. Oh, man, with that he was running in treacle the other day. Um. It was crazy that he's the villain of the French team, and he's actually delivered some pretty big results. And I think it's really indicative as to where Arsenal plays him incorrectly, that he's a big, six-foot-four strong guy, and his hold-up play is incredible. Brings down that ball, and then if you got a guy like Griezmann to help uh, to be the other threat, what are you going to do as a defense other than just kick shins? Like, it's a... It was fun to watch him. He he was hot and cold still, but it was still fun to see him score some goals and silence the crowd without having to be a jerk about it. Yeah, exactly. And he's one of those guys that probably gets far more criticism than is fair. Yeah, he's a philanderer, though. That's like a, that's <laughs> part of it. He's out cheating on his wife. People don't... Uh, he, he might be another handsome one, but people don't respect that as much. There are so many subplots, aren't there? So many yeah. subplots. Poor old Giroud. But he's in the final. France are in the final. I think it will be a good tour- a good, good final. You've got on one hand Portugal with the superstar, Ronaldo, and a young gun, Renato Sanchez, the 18-year-old with dreads. Yeah. He is terrific. He's very likeable. He's got talent. He's going to Bayern Munich after this European Championships is over. And then on the other side, you've got the home nation yeah. who are firing on all cylinders and scoring lots of goals. So I think it'll be a really good final, but I think France will probably edge it. I don't think Portugal have done enough throughout the tournament to suggest they can raise their game without something extra special from Ronaldo. Heck, the only game they've won inside 90 minutes was the semi-final against Wales. All tournament. Wow. Um, the uh, I'm really curious to see if the matchup is going to be between central defender for France, uh, Laurent Koscielny, versus Cristiano Ronaldo. That'll be a really interesting pairing for me because Koscielny is not a big name. He never came out of any of the big academies or anything, and so to see him go up against sort of the biggest name in striking in the in the game, it'll be cool to see if he can't raise his own value a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there'll be battles all over the field. Um and the France central defence isn't quite as strong as I think other teams are in this tournament. Sure. They are susceptible. Yeah. And if anyone's going to punch uh, some holes in a, in a defence, it's, it's Ronaldo. Yeah, so I'm ready to see if that can, if uh, my Arsenal guy can hold uh, Ronaldo. That's crazy. 
All right, well, I guess we should talk about the Sounders, since that's what this thing is about, too. It's <laughs> so fun talking about the uh, Euros, and that's going to be gone soon, and then the Olympics start up, and uh, then you're going to be gone for a month, mm-hmm. and a, a month and a, and a shake there. That's crazy. Yeah. Think the reports are not coming in positively about Rio, Ross. Please be careful when you're down there. I'll watch out. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm curious to see how much of it is anti-Olympics- kind of shaming that's going on on the internet that I'm watching right now versus like I remember the lead up to Sochi it was not positive news the hotels aren't finished this guy punched a hole through his door to get out of the room that he was stuck in that type of stuff I don't know if this is different I'm curious to see what your take will be when you come back yeah, if it yeah, was yeah, for sure. if it was sensationalism or where it's actually um, people are upset on a human rights level or whatever right. so um, Seattle Sounders FC versus LA Galaxy god there's few like Everyone always makes a big deal out of uh, Portland, Seattle, and I get it because it's the I-5 derby there, but really, Bruce Arena versus Ziggy Schmidt is the is the subject for me. On uh, noon on Saturday, the Sounders welcome LA Galaxy to CenturyLink Field. Uh, I'm... I'm pumped to see how this works out because I don't think that the Galaxy are actually that much better than the Sounders this year. Uh, the points spread is a little different, but they've won an equal number of games. It's the losses. I think it was equal. i got to double-check that. But it's the losses that are hurting the Sounders so much more. Yeah, the Sounders are 5-9-2. and two, Yeah. And that is not a good place to be. They're joint bottom of the Western Conference yeah. with Houston Dynamo, who've been lost for a year and a half, if not more. Yeah, but only six points back on LA, so it's not like that's only... But they, they're still, yeah, as bad as Seattle have been in the first half of the season. Yeah, That's bad. the thing with Major League Soccer, that six out of your ten teams in that conference are going to make the playoffs. You saw last year Portland Timbers squeaked into the playoffs on the very last day, pretty much. And they went and won the whole darn thing. They won yeah. the MLS Cup, which kind of raises validity about where the playoffs are the best way of crowning your champions. But that's for another day. Seattle just need to get it going now in almost an L.A. way because for several years, the Galaxy have started seasons poorly and then found their form in the second half of the season and romped to three titles in the last, what, four and a half years. Yeah. So not all is lost, but this is very unusual for the Sounders and there are certain things, as we've talked about all season, there are certain marking posts which you look at with concern and you don't say this is akin to an LA Galaxy team that can just turn it on. It needs several different things to change in order for them to become good again. It's going to be hard uh, to not root for uh, Giazzi's artists uh, for LA after watching the Copa America. That's I, sweet of I, you. I loved seeing that kid out there running around, and he gets a lot of flack for not having a good first touch and just kind of probably being a little bit a uh, case of nerves a little bit, if more than anything. But I'm excited to see him as a player grow and maybe do something for the U.S. men's national team. So um, it'll be hard not... Like, before I would root against him because I don't like guys that are flashy on the other team. Uh, but then when you see him, and I hear a couple interviews with him and realize he's a pretty good kid, and he's also trying to make an impression out there and getting a shot. That's fun. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's it's easy to boo the big billion-dollar guys that are out there or whatever, but it'll be harder to be mad at that guy. And it's an interesting matchup this year because it's always been for the last few years whose star power will be brighter on the day. Sure. Seattle have always had Dempsey, Martins, and last year Valdez is a very well known player coming into the league as stars, and you might even throw in Ozzy Alonso along with that, against 
you know, Giovanni Dos Santos, Robbie Keane, yeah. you mentioned the starlet Giassi Zardes, and other big-name players down the years. It was David Beckham. But now it's not so much that matchup. It's more of the the gritty Seattle team trying to battle their way to a result against the star power of LA. It seems like the Galaxy have really kicked on in their signings. They signed Steven Gerrard, Stevie G, and Giovanni Dos Santos. Huge names that put bums on seats. Although Seattle, of course, have a much bigger attendance, which they can rightly be proud of. But Seattle have, have, have gone the other way in this rebuilding phase. No Obafemi Martin, so your biggest star power is gone. you still got Clint Dempsey, but will he be able to recreate that form from the Copper America, having had a fantastic tournament for the US? Is he going to be fresh? And for me, the biggest question is, is he going to be motivated enough to want to play at the same level for a poor Seattle Sounders team as he is for the US in their biggest ever continental competition? Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess we're going to find that one we'll out. We'll find that's, that one out. That's a tough one. Now, this is an awesome opportunity for the Sounders to walk away with three points and perhaps jumpstart the season a little bit. If it doesn't turn out, if they don't, if they were to get beaten, can you see this as being uh, as a, a, a nail in the coffin for the season? I mean, it could be. It will then be the halfway point of the season. Yeah, and they've been looking for for so many signs of turning points. Maybe again, you never know whether something is a turning point until you're much further down the line yeah. and you can assess the hand of history. But for the Sounders, they got that. They were battered by RSL in the 1 1 draw in the Open Cup, but won the shootout. That gave them a little bit of confidence. Sure. And then they go and get a result over West Ham, having had a draw in Toronto, having battled back. So another little boost, maybe. You never begrudge a point on the road. And okay, the West Ham game, it was against a, 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 a reserve squad, yeah. unfit, no disinterested <laughs> Premier League side against the Sounders reserves. But Seattle went out and did what they had to do yeah, man. and got the most out of that game. Aside from whether they should have been playing the match in an eight-game July, whether that was poor timing for those players themselves on the field, the young guns that came in, good experience for them. They did what they needed to do. And regardless of whether it was a throwaway friendly, they won the game 3-0, and that does something. It has to do something. Yeah, sure, confidence. sure. Come on, especially for Jordan Morris. Just getting Absolutely. him in front of the goal and scoring is like so a important. A couple of really good finishes from Jordan Morris. Yeah, so. And he's, you know, having had a rough up and down season with far, far too much expected of him. He's not a Ronaldo <laughs> or a Messi, but he was built up ridiculously to be the next great thing. And he's not the next great thing. He's a very good MLS player. He needs to be put in perspective, and that will allow him to grow. And to get those two goals against West Ham, albeit, yeah. as we said, the, the caveats that go with it, he finished the chances he was given, and that's really good for Jordan Morris. I love the big deal. I love Her- Hercules Gomez, but I love the big deal about him finally scoring a goal. I'm like, yeah, he kicked it from the freaking penalty spot. <laughs> Like it's almost like if he didn't score it, he should be ashamed. But I mean, okay, if we're gonna, I mean, there's there's been a lot of photoshopping of the knockout punch that he did when he scored, which is fun or whatever. But um, uh, I think that it's important that if the Sounders can pull off three points here, as they always say, if you can go in to half with a goal, 
you're going to walk out on the other side of the of that of that halftime with some confidence. And so if the Sounders can go in with three big points now, it could be instrumental in turning the second half of the season around. Yeah, it's July I think will turn out to be a defining month. As I mentioned, eight games in all. You've had the West Ham friendly, you've got the Open Cup <clears throat> yeah. game at LA at the track and field stadium because the CrossFit games <laughs> are going to be actually held on the, the, the home No Depot one's paying attention stadium. to me lifting too much weight over my back and breaking it games. Yeah, go and have another protein shake. <laughs> and then a whole bunch of MLS games. So this could be a defining month for the Sounders. If Bruce Arena were to ever be honoured with naming rights to an arena, would it be Bruce Arena Arena? <laughs> That's a very, very good point. Needs to happen. And one which needs a lot more thinking before we come out with the right answer. You playing Pokemon Go on your iPhone? What? You know what Pokemon is? I'm not 12 years old. I'm playing Pokemon Go. You're 12 years old. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) What's the point in a touchscreen if it doesn't work when you touch it?